Hi, this is the Robberator, and you can support my mad grab for power and the Sword and Laser podcast by going to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, awesome discussions from fans just like you. Is it an elephant? You say it's so much more, but there are limits. There's some limits to what we can do. Yeah, I mean, we're not... But it is fantastical, so there could be elephants. There could be elephants. You don't know. You don't know. I don't know. Who knows? For all you know, uh, except when we do video, and then we take our human forms... Yes. Oh, Tom, I'm sick and I'm in a strange state. Ah, so you're drinking state. cold medicine is what you're drinking. I literally cracked open a uh, an Alka-Seltzer cold and sinus like at the Chili's bar and grill at the airport in Chicago <laughs> and just like dumped it in my stein of water. And it was very. I thought um, you were going to say stein of beer for a second there. No, <laughs> that would be next level. That would be very next Budweiser. level. Um, yeah, I'm not drinking anything either because we're recording late because I had other stuff going on and Veronica's traveling. How is Kentucky though? Cold. Yeah. Hmm. It's going to snow here tonight, which I'm yeah. very excited about. Oh, that's cool. You'll enjoy that yeah, for so a I'm, day. I'm, I'm here on a shoot. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I sound kind of weird for two reasons. One, I'm on my travel mic and two, I'm a little bit, uh, under the weather as they say. Under the snow. Uh, under the snow. I'm shooting here all week, so hopefully my voice doesn't completely give out. But yeah, I'm sick. I have a head cold. It sucks. Well, when you're sick, one thing that helps is making other people happy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's oh. true, but that's what we're about to do. Yes, because we are going to announce uh, the latest winner in the Sword and Laser Collection Contest. I mean, we had we had three winners. Three, we had top three winners, but only uh, one of them is going to make it into the collection this time around. Yeah. I mean, three um, people get published. Even more people yes. get published if they meet the the minimum, right? They meet the quill minimum, but three right. people get published for sure by ink shares with the full on process. And I can say now, having seen it three times with our previous collection <laughs> participants, it's pretty thorough. It's pretty awesome. Like they do a yeah. real good job. Uh, but one of those winners is going to be put in the sword and laser collection, which means they get packaged in with our previous books and our anthology and they get the sword and laser stamp on it. Uh, and, and we are proud to announce who that is. Are you going to let me do it? Is that, is that what that voice is? Okay. It's uh, the animal in man by Joseph Asfinani. Uh, and Asfinahani. Yes. Asf- we <sighs> mostly uh, picked you Joseph because Veronica can't say your name. Uh, no, this was a tough decision, especially after we talked with all three of these folks, uh, Matt Sobin, the last machine of the solar system and Craig Monroe, the bones of the past are the other two, uh, winning books and they're all good. All these folks are super nice. Um, but I Mm -hmm. think the animal and man kind of covers sword and the, the science fiction and fantasy sides really nicely. It was the top vote getter. Uh, and it, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it just, it, it, it came down to us having to pick one. So we did. And Joseph has a great beard, so. Was it the beard that put it over for you? It was. I think it was the beard for me personally. Yeah, I mean, I like I, I, I like a good strong beard. I have to say. <laughs> well, congratulations to Joseph, and congratulations to Matt and Craig as well. Uh, we wish you all the best. And, and go, you know go what? 
pre-order all three of them, for goodness sake. To everyone who, who submitted to the contest, because it, it takes such guts to do stuff like that and to put yourself out there and to try to fundraise and to, you know, let complete strangers read what you're working on. It, yeah. it, I mean, that takes such guts, such cojones. Uh, mm. and, and for the men and women who submitted, you guys, I, my hat to you, because it, it takes a lot of guts, and I'm, I'm really proud of, of everything you guys achieved. You can't see it, but I actually am tipping my hat right now. I'm not wearing one, but I'm pretending to. I'm doffing it. You're doffing your imaginary hat. Yes. And that ain't nothing. So congrats. Yeah, we're very excited about that. Um, But we do have uh, more of the show to get to. So let's jump right into the quick burns. Uh, Thank you to everyone who continuously keeps the news fresh. One of the things I love is that because we had to miss a regular episode of Sword and Laser, we we missed a cycle of quick burns, but they kept coming. So if you're ever Mm -hmm. like, hey, I just want to know like what the news is in science fiction and fantasy these days, go check the quick burns thread on Goodreads because it is like a ticker just constantly updated. Uh, so, so reaching back in, in a few weeks, Sky pointed out that George R. R. Martin finally admitted what everyone knew, says Sky, uh, <laughs> that the Winds of Winter won't be out before the premiere season of Game of Thrones on HBO. It's coming to HBO in April. Uh, Tamahome even threw a link into a Gizmodo article. It's actually an io9 article uh, with a graph of George R. R. Martin's publishing intervals to show how they lengthen from book to book. But what's really interesting about the graph, because we're all angry because we want to read the next book so bad. Uh, we're not angry. I'm not angry at George. I'm just like, oh, I just want to have it. It shows that per word count, his time between books is about the same as J.K. Rowling's and actually faster than J.R.R. Tolkien or C.S. Lewis. Oh, you know, the, the Tolkien one is tough because there's yeah. a huge stretch. I mean, there's one long kind of stretch that kind of messes up his his ratio. Right. And Lord um, of the Rings was one. He wrote it as a one book, even yeah. though it was published as three books. So that kind of throws a wrench in it, too. But I mean, I you know, I, I'm not surprised. This, this, this news broke right after we basically recorded the Hawaii episode. So, you know, there has been a long time in between when we last did an official podcast and when we started, you know, when, when this happened. Uh, so I've been thinking about this a lot. And I mean, this is kind of what we always expected would happen, as you mentioned. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not mad at it. I, I cannot find it in myself to be mad at it at all because I've already been considering the books and the show it be such different entities that I I think I just mentally prepared myself for this all along. I've made my peace. I'm willing to allow the shows to tell me a story knowing that it will be different. The way I I, I didn't not watch the TV show because I'd already read the book. So it's not like I'm not going to read the book because I've already heard a version of the story uh, on HBO. They're, They're alternate tellings. That's all. And I'm excited about that. I, I have said this many times. I, I like to watch this deviation of the storylines and see how they progress. I think it's pretty cool. You know what? I've, I, I actually heard this applied to the prequels of Star Wars, but I think it could apply here. Uh, somebody said, well, the prequels from Star Wars are actually made-for-TV movie versions of what actually happened in Star Wars history. And then the middle three are what actually happened. They're more like documentaries. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a really cool way of seeing it because then things that are overdramatic or maybe you don't think are right could just be like the poetic license of a movie maker. And you, I, I, I'm going to apply that here and say like HBO series is the made for TV telling of the real history of Westeros, which of course is laid down by George R. R. Martin. That's the true history. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. I think it's going to be fun and no matter what. And I, I hate that so many people are lumping anger onto him because he's got enough to worry about. Yeah. I don't think. be angry. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm angry that I'm not going to get the book because I want the book. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, and, when, and maybe angry is the wrong word. I'm frustrated or I'm, I'm, oh, I, I just can't wait for it. But I'm not mad at George R. R. Martin. Like yeah. he's the one delivering the book. Why would I be mad? That's biting the hand he's that not feeds our, you. He's not our bitch. He's I not want, our bitch. I want him to deliver it when it's right. Yeah. My, my impatience for it is also my reason for letting him take his time. Because I go. love it so much. Uh, hey, Trike pointed out that Harlan Ellison released a new book. <laughs> Trike wrote in all caps, why wasn't I informed? Well, now <laughs> you are. Uh, it came out oh, December- I was wondering if that was a bit of editorial from you, but that's what no, Trike said. No, that was what Trike wrote. <laughs> uh, it came out December 31st from Subterranean Press. It's called Can and Cantankerous. Uh, and, uh, you know, Harlan Ellison in, in the, these latter days is, is sometimes a controversial figure because he's so cantankerous and he owns it. So if you're a Harlan Ellison fan, you should be super psyched like Trike is. Yeah, and then we have some great news from uh, Nokomis.fl. A friend of the show, N.K. Jemison, is launching a sci-fi fantasy column at the New York Times Book Review. Isn't that awesome? Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, N.K. Jemison, uh, brilliant writer, uh, really mm-hmm. smart woman, and uh, and now going to share a little bit of both of that. A different kind of writing, uh, but a chance to show off more of her brain, which I, for one, 100% welcome. Yeah, it's called otherworldly and it appears in print in the January 3rd edition of the New York Times book review and uh, she says I'm an eclectic reader so the new column will obviously feature science fiction, fantasy, horror some YA, some graphic novels some anthologies and even some nonfiction where it impacts a genre. I've got no problem with self-published or small press books although I believe the NYT, the New York Times has a policy forbidding self-pubs if they can't be found in the quote general interest bookstores, whatever that means she Hmm. says. (laughs) I wonder That's if that great. means like if you can't go into the strand and find it on the shelf. Yeah. If it's not in Powell's. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but I think that's great. Gosh, it's got to be hard to do a column like that and read so much and still be able to keep up with your writing, keep though, up too. Writing. Yeah, no, that's uh, and especially if you're going to take all comers, uh, as we know, we don't mm-hmm. do reviews on certain laser because that's such a tall order. So um, all, all the well, more I guess we're just lazy. I admiration. mean, compared to. Oh, yeah. I mean, she, she makes everyone look lazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hey, uh, Kate said TechCrunch reports that Pottermore has abandoned exclusivity for the Harry Potter series, so you can now purchase the ebooks uh, in general interest bookstores. <laughs> so now they can be reviewed by MK Jemison, finally. Uh, you can now purchase the ebooks directly through Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Very cool. Oh, man. Uh, so much more good stuff that I want to keep up on. I've been meaning to catch up on some of those, too. Oh, really? uh, Sandra. Yeah, yeah, you know, I just thought it'd be fun. I, I just, I have so much on my reading list right now. I have them all right in hardback, so I don't, I don't need to buy the eBooks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's you. That is me. You, you do you. We've got the uh, Locust, uh, the Philip K. Dick Award nominees um, from Locust. Uh, yeah, from Locust Mag. Um, this is from Sandra. Uh, let's see. We've got the nominees are Edge of Dark by Brenda Cooper, After the Saucers Landed by Douglas Lane, Revolution by P.J. Manny, Apex by Ramiz Nam, Windswept by Adam Rakunas, and Archangel by Marguerite Reed. 
The award is presented annually to a distinguished work of science fiction originally published in paperback form in the United States. That's another one that's going to be interesting in the future. Uh, Philip K. Dick made his name writing Pulp Fiction paperbacks. Uh, the Man mm -hmm. in the High Castle was not put out as a hardback. Most of Philip K. Dick's early works were not put out as a hardback except in book club form. Uh, so they never published actual hardbacks. And so this is a chance to to give some recognition to people who are fighting that same battle. Um, and yet paperbacks, being published only in paperback is becoming uh, a subcategory even smaller, I think, because people are being published in ebook only, even by publishers yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, I've been wanting to read Apex for a while, the Ramas Nam uh, book. Um, so that would be a good, maybe a good opportunity to try to read some of these guys. More things to add to the list. Yeah, here's another one. Uh, Stephen pointed <laughs> oh. out a new Joe Abercrombie short story uh, has been edited by, uh, he says, by the new guy at Tor.com. Uh, it's uh, it's up on Tor.com if you want to take a look at it. Illustrated by Tommy Arnold and edited by Jonathan Strand. Uh, somewhere in the north, summer 576. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a good one. There's already a lot of, a lot of cursing. Yeah, it's well, as happens. It's, as happens. So I forgot to tell you, I took a picture of this, but when we were in Hawaii, um, there was a uh, there was a book on the bookshelf called The Blade Itself. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Like, oh, the owners of this house have really good taste. And then it was a different book. Oh. It was not Abercrombie. <laughs> it was well, a totally different book. It was like a noir that's so funny. I guess not. Yeah. Well, I, I have a paperback uh, of a book called The Matrix, which is nothing to do with The Matrix <laughs> either. Uh, and I, <laughs> I held on to it because it's a science fiction book. And I was like, oh, okay. And it's got some funny parallels. Um, so, yeah, that that is interesting. Uh, uh, we have another article from uh, Nokomis.nl um, who says that uh, Amazon Echo can now read your Kindle books aloud on request. If the publishers have given permission. Oh, uh, which doesn't always happen. So it might not be the best, but you know, it's, it's basically a chance to, to pick up your Kindle book without having to purchase an audible version and, uh, and listen to it a little bit. You know, I wouldn't really want to have the computer voice read me the entire book, uh, mm -hmm. which is why I think it's silly. The publishers don't give permission for it, but having the text to speech, you know, read it while you're cooking or something to tide you over until you get back to reading it in print. I think that's, cool. I don't see how that's any different from using, using accessibility options. Yeah. I mean, I don't really, I don't see the difference there. No, there were, there was a big controversy when publishers cracked down on this about the idea of accessibility and, and how that wouldn't, mm -hmm. you know, and how to allow it for people who needed it. You know, the publish, some publishers were saying, well, we'll allow it if you need it, but we, we you know, <laughs> we don't want to undermine the audiobook. F you. Yeah. You don't get to decide who needs it. Like that's you don't go over to their house and quiz them. Like, anyway, that's not how it works. You yeah. don't. If someone has a a, a a a service dog, you can't go up to them and ask why they have it, what they have it for. Like that's <laughs> not allowed. Like you don't really. That's not allowed. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's ugh, discrimination. Well, the good part is that many Kindle books do allow this to happen. And now, if you've got an Amazon Echo, you can say to the L. Exa. I'm trying to say it so it doesn't trigger anybody's. Yeah. Uh, read me my book. 
Um, it's uh, also WhisperSync compatible. I know. Oh, so if you do have the audio, that. although why wouldn't yeah. you just play the audio book at that point? Oh, maybe it is the audio book I'm thinking of. Yeah, because you can yeah. you can play the audio book uh, through Amazon Echo as well. Mm, okay. That's a good. That's a good excuse to get audiobooks. That that would be a fun use case. Uh, Ryan tried to give back our Echo, uh, but now he's holding on to it because he wants to like play with it and hack it. Um, so yeah, there's some cool things you could do with it. I mean, there's simple hacks that you can do with Ift uh, mm. that can even get around some of the things Amazon intends for it. But then if you actually like crack into it, you could do all kinds of cool stuff. Awesome. All right. Well, now we're going to jump into some of the book of the month discussion. Um, we are going to wrap up Radiance on the next show. Uh, funny for you vaginal fantasy listeners out there. We're also reading a book called Radiance. Different book. But yeah, you're not reading Catherine M. Valente's Radiance. You're no. reading a different book. It's kind of like your Blade Itself thing. Yeah, totally. Um, I finished Radiance show. today. Our, our Radiance. I finished it today. You fr- you fi- Wait, huh? No, I know. I you finished told, it today. I, I was on a, actually I was slowed even close, down. Tom. I was no. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It was an accident. I was just traveling <laughs> all told day. Me, like, There's no possible way. I think those were your exact words. There's no I possible. T- way. I was like forty percent done when I told you that, and then I basically finished the book on the plane today. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, I just needed some sit down quiet time, Tom. No, <laughs> I, I didn't have a lot of that recently. No spoilers, uh, because we Oops. will officially uh, wrap it up uh, on the next episode and kick off our next book. Do you know? Do you know what our next book is yet? Nope. Okay. Good. Nope. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I am most of the way through. I'm, I'm at least two thirds of the way through, maybe a little bit more. And uh, Josh Lawrence, who who helps moderate our forum, he created our our theme song, longtime friend, not just of the show, uh, wrote us and said, hey, you guys may have dug this up already, uh, but here is the short story that is what Catherine M. Valente expanded to create Radiance. Uh, you can find it free at clarksworldmagazine.com. Oh, and he's got cool. links to not only that, but an audio of her reading the short story as well. He posted it to the Goodreads forum. We'll have the link in the show notes. He says, on one hand, I really want to read it. On the other, it might be spoilery, so I'll probably save it till I finish the book. And that's what I'm doing too. I'm going to I'm gonna check that out once I'm actually finished with Radiance. Have, have you read this yet? Uh, no, okay. I, will, I will read it though. And I will tell you if it does get very spoilery. All right. Um, right. I'm going to read it right now. Just so, kidding. Uh, yeah, just read it on the show in the background while, while we're having this discussion. I am of very mixed feelings about Radiance, and I think a lot of other people are too. Uh, we, yes. we have We have several uh, Goodreads threads uh, about that, but I think the best one is, uh, is from Steve, who titled it, Is This a Good Book? Or is it merely an impressive example of the writer's art? You know, I read Steve's paragraph, which I'll, I will read shortly, but I have to say it's almost as though I wrote his paragraph. Yeah. So he says, having just finished the book, I've, and this, there's no spoilers here, having just finished the book, I find myself in a somewhat bewildered state. I feel like I have witnessed something awesome in the true sense of the word, but I am not entirely sure what happened. Which brings me to my question. Can a story be brilliantly written without being a good story? Now, I admit that I'm being slightly facetious here. The use of imagery and language and radiance is spectacular, and I would be hard-pressed not to admit that each chapter is a work of art. However, it was a real struggle to get beyond the first 25% of the book, which felt like being hit over the head with ream of genres. Even beyond that, it still felt 
felt like I was witnessing something great rather than being carried along by the story. I had a tangible feeling of relief at the end. So have I just read a good story or is it merely an impressive example of the writer's art? I think if you have to ask that question, it is definitely a quality piece of writing. I think where it becomes problematic and why you're asking the question is, did it satisfy your expectations of the story? And that's where I'm at. I loved Catherine M. Valente's description of this as, you know, revisiting the pulp fiction worlds of our solar system, uh, Mm -hmm. but pretending as if uh, technology has slowed down in some aspects, like the filmic aspects. And so the idea of having this art deco sensibility and silent films and 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 creatures living on Pluto and Mars uh, fascinated me. And I cannot say that I am any less fascinated by the world she is presenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm in a description of a world or I'm in one of the movies that's taking place and I'm seeing the action on that world, I'm, I'm in love with the story. Uh, And it's exactly what Steve says. It's because the writing is so good and evocative and I feel like I'm there. But I was expecting, and this is on me, more of a traditional narrative. And the narrative structure of this is extremely experimental. uh, You know what? Yeah. And non-continuous. I, 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 hmm. Hmm. I think the closest thing I can compare it to for myself is reading 1Q84, where mm. I finished it and I felt like I had accomplished a good thing. Like I read it and I was fascinated by it and I enjoyed aspects of it, but ultimately I'm very confused mm-hmm. and I feel like I never quite got my head around all the parts. And I liked, I really liked the storytelling. I feel like we're wrapping up the book now, which is not good. Well, we're not going to spoil. We're not. We're not wrapping we're not, we're up. Not no. gonna, yeah, we're not going to spoil. And so. I want to save this for the wrap up show. Um, but I do feel, God, and I feel bad saying this. I, I liked the book. I really did, and I loved the characters. But I did. I. I almost felt like it was. <sighs> hmm. What word are you looking for? Um. I almost want to say like it was too smart for me. Ah, uh, cha- it's challenging for sure. It's it's, but I don't know if it was challenging. I, don't I think felt it's like too conceptually, smart for you, like. maybe just conceptually, like I I felt like it was being too conceptual for me. Yeah, and I want to take certain things more literally, and maybe they weren't meant to be, mm-hmm. or maybe they were. And so I just kind of, I, I, I think I get it now more than when I was actually reading it. I think having finished it, I feel a much bigger understanding of what was happening, mm-hmm. obviously, because I've read the whole book now. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was challenging in some ways, I, but I, I, it, I feel like it was worth it. I kept comparing it in my head to a tone poem as I'm reading it, uh, which is a piece of orchestral music uh, that tries to evoke a poem or a story with music. And I yeah. feel like this this book is trying to evoke something, whether it's a feeling or a sensibility or an emotion uh, with writing, but not in the traditional 
story. So so maybe I just need to change my expectations as I read it to be able to enjoy it. Or maybe I don't like that kind of, <laughs> of writing, uh, even if it is beautiful. Uh, I, th- I think it depends on who you are. I, I, like Steve, the longer I read it, the more I got into it. And I'm really glad you brought up 1Q84 yes. because... I loved 1Q84 from beginning to end because I felt like I was soaking. I remember saying this. I felt like I was soaking in a bath, right? Even if even if things didn't necessarily make sense in the overall plot and were kind of confusing and twisty, I just enjoyed wandering through that world. I think the difference with Radiance is she doesn't let you relax in the bath. She keeps shaking the bath and dumping the water out and, and moving the <laughs> bath to another planet. Uh, and so it's not comfortable, Right. But but that's also part of why it works, I think. Yeah. Um, so don't don't let this deter you. I mean, I think the book for me really picked up around the 40 percent mark um, and kind of especially when I got to like the 60s and 70s percent mm-hmm. wise, I was like really. In, and that's why I kind of devoured it towards the end. Um, but it took me a while to to warm up to it. But it was, but it was beautifully written. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Rob Secundus, I think his post uh, about the movies in the book kind of carries through a little bit of what we're talking about. He says, it seems like the basic argument of a lot of the book is that there is no such thing as nonfiction. But then I wonder if there's a second subtler argument going on that not only is nonfiction a lie, but fiction is the only way to truth. And I think... That right there shows the challenging nature of it, where you're seeing movies that are documentary, but they're telling a story, and the person in them is supposedly being true to themselves, not acting, but they're never actually acting the way they act when the camera's off, but are they really who mm-hmm. they are? when they, and, and then there's like, she was never herself unless the camera was on. Uh, and so it really plays with that idea of like, what what is truth? What is reality? What is fiction? And what is not? Yeah. Um, it, it was, I, I loved that, that, that way of storytelling. Um, I, I thought it was completely brilliant. And I mean, learning that her father was formerly a filmmaker, uh, Catherine Valenti's father was formerly a filmmaker, like really clarifies a lot of this, um, and makes it even more interesting, I think to me. And it really did like having worked in, in video and, and TV production, like it, it, it felt very real to that. And especially the scenes with the crew Mm -hmm. and it, that was, you know, I am literally on location on a set right now. <laughs> and so that was like, oh, man. Yeah. But I mean, f- films like that and just the, the 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 description of the places that that they're that they're taking place in was was really great and wonderful. Yeah. And I think what may get lost by some people who really just want science fiction, like mm-hmm. traditionally told is how wonderful the worlds are. Uh, the whole description of the callow whales and their biology and how they work and their nutritional value of their of their <laughs> yeah. output uh, is fascinating. Uh, the buffalo on Pluto are so cool, and that's what that's why when I start going back to the idea of this being a tone poem, because it's it's telling it's telling me what this universe is like. It's just not telling me in the way I'm used to. Mm-hmm. That's a very good way of putting it. Yeah, it's a really cool universe. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's so sorry. I'm so slow tonight, you guys. God, my, my mouth is all like gummed up from all the Sudafed and I'm all stuffed up so I can barely talk. I feel like I'm not giving, bringing my A game tonight. I apologize. Your A game is better than most people's uh, A game. Uh, Your B game is better than most people's A game is what I was trying to say. (laughs) I get, I'm I'm not doing very well either. (laughs) It's late for us. We usually record at like four and it's almost midnight here. I should be asleep. 
then it's only nice love sleeping. Um, but yeah, thank you guys. And, 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 uh, big congrats again to, yes. um, to Joseph. Uh, we're so happy to welcome him into the collection and to all the other people who submitted stories. You guys are fantastic. Hopefully you will continue trying to get your stories out there. I, I hope you do, whether through ink shares or other methods. Um, we'd love to hear about them. And of course, our show is currently entirely funded by our patrons at patreon.com slash sword and laser. So thank you to all you folks out there who, who back our show. And if you want to support the show as well head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser uh any any level helps really you can also support the show by buying books through our links uh you can find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks and as i've mentioned when you click on those links uh even if you buy something else in the same session uh we should get credit for it somebody wrote and said they bought a tv and their fingers are crossed <laughs> that it helped i can actually show. check that i yeah. can check that on on the amazon so thank you page. for that uh, uh for going through the sword and laser.com slash picks to buy your tv we appreciate it you guys are great if you want to get in touch with us our email address is feedback at sword and our website is sword and all of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash sword and laser and you can call and leave us a voicemail at 4157 sword six and don't forget to review us on itunes it helps us you know find new listeners and boost us up the charts and yeah. and just make us more visible to other people who just, might be interested in a show like just, ours just rank us five stars you don't have to write a review nobody you know, yeah, just write just write your what you think a cow whale tastes like oh yeah that's a good one that's a good one mm, milky tasty cow <laughs> bye you guys see ya Visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.